great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a bonus episode of Shout. It's the playoffs, the divisional round, Bills versus Chiefs on Sunday. Uh, so we are giving you an extra episode here on Shout. And as always, we are brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Download the Tops Markets mobile app today. Get the most out of your shopping experience. Select your preferred store, browse the weekly ad or by specific department, Easily locate products at your preferred store with the built-in aisle directory, and then enjoy contactless shopping with Topps Grocery Pickup or Delivery Services. Check out topsmarkets.com slash mobile app for more. All right, we had such a popular episode uh, right before the season kicked off with our guest today, Michael F. Florio, that we are running it back. I couldn't even wait till the end of the season. Uh, you commented on a show last week, and I'm like, Dude, let's run this thing back. Let's 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 get your takeaways from the season and set up this big uh, playoff game this week. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm good. Thank you both for for having me. Look, I, I cover football year round, all the teams and stuff. But I'm always like this time of year. I'm like, I, I want to talk about the Bills. Like, I, that's where my heart is. It's on my shirt today. So thank you guys for giving me this opportunity. Absolutely, we're excited to have you on and. You know, obviously a huge game this weekend coming up against the Chiefs. So, uh, Matt, where do you want to begin here? Yeah, so, you know, going into the year, like, really, like, I think it was after the Chiefs game, right? Like, when you put out that really long thread, uh, or was it after the Bengals game? Uh, I did it last year it. after the Bengals game with okay, that thread, it was. yeah. I was trying to connect the dots. I was going to say, oh, how fitting would it be if it was after the Chiefs <laughs> two years ago? But no, it was after the Bengals game. And it was a really good synopsis. And we and, and you could go back and listen to our last show. I'll put it in our, our show notes here. And, and we kind of talked through all of those tweets and what, what went into the logic around all that. And you pointed out a lot of potential holes uh, in, in what the Bills had built and the, and the things that were facing them going into a very important season. You know, And at the heart of it, Sean McDermott, I think, was a big – talking point in that thread you know it's been such an interesting season for him um i guess i wanted to start with your takeaways from the job that he's done taking over that dc role how you think he's handled it and where's your approval rating your personal fan approval rating of sean here going into this chiefs game it's definitely going up uh i i will say not only did i have that long thread that that you talked about i recorded a video like five minute video or whatever after the day after the eagles game uh saying that i think the bills after i, I said he deserves the chance to right the ship this season but if they can't fix it they need to move on um and since then he has done everything right like i i i i haven't yet been like I was I, I take this all back because I think this is the week right like if they come out and they they perform like they did last year against the Bengals in the playoffs or, or something like that then maybe we need to revisit that conversation but as of right now uh my approval it, it's going way up and uh it's not just the fact that they've won out every game since I've recorded that video it's the way that they've done it uh and the fact that 
<laughs> yeah, Josh leads the league in yards and touchdowns, and I think should be a much stronger MVP candidate than he is getting credit for. But there were some down games there where the Bills didn't score 20 points and won the game, or just got around 20 points and won the game. And uh, the, the job that he has done in season rebuilding this defense from what it was early on after they lost White and Milano and Daniel Jones was out for a while and stuff like he deserves a lot of credit because he he's making life tough on every offense that the Bills have played the last six, seven weeks. Yeah, that, that's perfectly said. And you look at that gauntlet that they had and there was the Eagles game, like you mentioned, where that's the last time where the defense kind of did collapse and there were no answers in the second half to adjustments made. But from that point on, he's come out with these game plans uh, limiting the Chiefs to 17 points. Remember the blowout against Dallas and w- w- some games where the Bills weren't playing well against the Chargers and the Patriots. The defense rose to the occasion and kept them in those games and, and helped them out. So uh, I think it's perfectly said in, in terms of he hasn't had some of his best players this year. When you lose Matt Milano, who has been the, the star of this defense the last few years, uh, when you lose Trey White and luckily enough to be able to replace him with Rasul Douglas at the trade deadline, guys like that, it's so difficult to Quan Jones and the list goes on and on. And yet down the stretch this season, he arguably did his best coaching job when the team's back was against the wall. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And I, I think he is at his at his best right now, and I also think Josh Allen is playing his best football right now. Like you heard him talk about after the Dolphins game, that the ball is coming out of his hand cleaner, and uh, no turnovers last week against the Steelers. Like that's why with both of them at the height, it feels like if the Bills are ever going to get over the hump, it has to be this year. Otherwise, if it, 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 at some point. Ghosts become too much, and and they they hold you back. So this needs to be the time, I think, where the Bills overcome these odds. Otherwise, uh, it's it's going to be hard to see how they ever can in the future. You know, I think that one of the things I've I've been telling people is it feels different with the way that the Bills are going into the playoffs because in 2021 they went on a heater that I feel like it's almost impossible to recreate that kind of hot streak right like offensively they didn't do anything wrong over eight quarters and probably would have been over nine quarters if they got the ball in overtime against the Chiefs but so you're not expecting that in the playoffs but Josh Allen comes out against the Steelers to your point and looks as good as we've seen him look since like the Dolphins game in week four and to me that's the piece of it that even if it isn't always perfect having him playing in that mode is so critical to their potential success because no matter what this week against Kansas city, potentially against Baltimore, or maybe at home against Houston, whatever the road looks like in the super bowl against the Niners or the Packers. Cause Jordan loves just gone a complete freak show. All of a sudden when you have that player on your side, like anything's possible. What does it feel like to have that player? Because like, I think back to like, Todd Collins and Kyle Orton and EJ Manuel and Alex Van Pelt. A lot. Alex Van Pelt, who was unfortunately <laughs> the sacrificial lamb apparently in Cleveland, uh, which I didn't quite understand, but uh, that's another that's another conversation. Some bad quarterbacks. What's it feel like to have that dude now? It is surreal. Like you met, mentioned a bunch of names for me. The two that I always go back to is Trent Edwards and and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like for a, and 
tailored to for a little bit we were able to convince ourselves like maybe we have the answer here at quarterback it, it is unquestioned that we have a in my opinion top two quarterback walking the planet and i think you can make the argument and people get mad at me when i say stuff like this but i think you can make the argument he is the most talented player at the quarterback position i'm not going to say best because Mahomes has the accolades and the Super Bowls, and I think Mahomes is a little bit more steady, but no one has higher highs than Josh Allen. And growing up, Brady was always was the rivalry, right? And like that when those two played, you, you shut down whatever you were doing and you just locked in. And now that's Allen and Mahomes and and to be a part of a rivalry like that and everything and, and it's happened a couple of times this week where I had to be like yeah, like I, I've done a bunch of research and stuff on this game, and I'm looking stuff up, and I'm like, it's crazy that the game, the biggest game of the divisional round, the game that everyone wants to see, the marquee matchup, is the Bills quarterback. Like that, for someone who really started watching football in the early 2000s, I, I, the first two decades of my life, there was no playoff win, no division win, none of that. Four straight years with, with a division and a playoff win, like, I tweeted it the other day. I don't care who it came against, how it looks, whatever. Bill's playoff wins just after going through what they went through for two decades, it does not get old. No, not at all. And, and you know, you mentioned Josh Ann arguably being the most talented quarterback. And there was a stat put out there today on social media. The last five years, Josh Allen, 202 total touchdowns over that time. Patrick Mahomes, 170. And then no one else even in that. Uh, realm. So, you know, going back to those two, I mean, it is really those two and just the rest of the league, it feels like. But in addition to Josh Allen, what gives you confidence in this Bills team that this could be potentially the year? Is it some other players on this offense? Is it Joe Brady? What specifically gives you faith in this offense this go around? Uh, I, I think it's a couple of players on the offense. I think uh, James Cook is obviously a huge one because the Bills. Remember in in that twenty twenty run, uh, twenty twenty one run, like there was games where they ran the ball. There was a half where they legitimately did not run the ball once with anyone but Josh Allen. So to have a running back that I believe it's six straight games have gone over a hundred yards that has the burst and as crazy as it is, like James Cook is putting up all these numbers. He's had a couple of touchdowns go through his hands in recent weeks as well. So it could have been even better. So I think he's a huge focal point. I think Dalton Kincaid on the offensive side of the ball is huge because uh, Dawson Knox is, was great and, and it continues to be really good for what they need him to be. But he's not that downfield explosive type of weapon. Very few tight ends are. And the ones that are are game changers. And we almost saw it happen last week where – uh, the, the Steelers played great defense on it, but Kincaid almost had it. He had a long touchdown, and he almost had an even longer one. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the fact that there's other people there that could take away the pressure from Stephon Diggs, who I love Stephon Diggs. Let's call a spade a spade, though. Does not have a great track record of success against this deep Chiefs defense. I think those two players, Khalil Shakir as, as well in the slot, could be huge for them. But even more than that, I think it's the defense and what they're doing up front right now. And the fact that they're creating pressure higher at a higher rate than the Chiefs and sacks at a half a percentage point lower than the Chiefs have this season. And yet they blitz the ball almost 50, they blitz almost 15% less of the time because they can win with just four. That to me, I think is huge and has been a catalyst as to how this defense has been so great because 
Uh, they don't need to sell out to get pressure. They can, in fact, just rush forward and do it. And be strategic when they do send guys. Like, I think Sean's really good and has developed. Like, Tremaine Edmonds, like, was not as effective as a blitzer from the middle linebacker position as Terrell Bernard has been. And, and Brandon Bean said that when they drafted him. And so that adding that piece to the defense and having that strategic weapon at your disposal, I think, has definitely helped him. Um, I also think this goes back to the vision for this defense from the start with Sean um, and Brandon, when he talked about it before drafts is that like the line's the tip of the spear. You need to make sure you have those guys and come hell or high water, you know, in the draft and free agency, they have thrown resources at this spot. And what's crazy about it is all these free agent ads, like all the, you know, Von Miller, obviously at the top of the list, all these draft picks, high draft picks, and it ends up being a flyer on a June free agent signing in Leonard Floyd that nobody was even thinking about at the time. That's completely changed the dynamic of this thing. Yeah. I, I look, I'll never, I'm not going to say I thought Leonard Floyd would be what he was, but when they signed him, I was like, this is a sneaky signing. Uh, but you mentioned that long thread that I put out after the Bengals game last year. And, and such a big part of it was everything that you just said, but it was from a negative standpoint. It was like, they have invested all of their free agency money and, all of their high-end draft picks for the most part on that defensive defense and specifically on that defensive front. And they weren't winning. They weren't creating pressure. Once Von Miller went out last year, we we weren't – there was – I mean, Joe Burrow had all day in the pocket in that playoff game last year. And now that it's the same dudes plus Leonard Floyd and they're winning and creating – like their top five in pressure rate and in sack rate this season. So the fact that these same guys are doing it uh, is another big, big reason why I think we need to give Sean McDermott credit. And to your point, not only has it helped, ha has he been smart at when he rushes extra guys and stuff, but it helps disguise everything. Like you could make the defense look like you're sending seven and then they all drop back in the coverage because you know your four or vice. Like it just allows you to do so much stuff to confuse the quarterback. And they're going to have to do it this week because they're they're playing the best quarterback in the game. Yeah, and, and you know the funniest part about the Leonard Floyd signing is the Bills were able to get the money for that after they gave Ed Oliver that extension, uh, and they lowered the cap hit for that season. There were fans complaining about the Ed Oliver uh, extension. There were fans worried about all these guys that you mentioned that weren't stepping up last year. Now you look at AJ Epinesa and the season that he's had, and, and you look at for. Uh, Floyd and the impact he's made and Ed Oliver just 10 pressures last week uh, against the Steelers and how everyone's really stepped up and you know patience is is such a problem I think for fan bases and just in just even GMs and teams because it takes a while for this development to happen and I, I will be the first side and see the AJ Epinesa for instance breakout season that we've had this year um, but it, it's just funny how that comes full circle but going you know another thing about going full circle Joe Brady's third game as offensive coordinator was against the Chiefs, the 20 to 17 win. Now this is a second matchup in a matter of weeks. How much do you think it benefits him to one? Obviously, have all these games under his belt now from his first game into the right end of the regular season, but have a matchup where he's already played this team, he's already coached against this team, and he can go back and dissect from his own playbook or you know what he's inherited, what worked, what didn't, and what he can expect in, in round two. I think it's it's big for him, uh, not even the playing them a second. I, I think that is a factor as well. But I think even more so what you said, that was his third game 
And yes, I know he had the bye coming into that game, but it's like, okay, hey, you, this is your third game. You need to save the season because if we lose, the season's over. Like, yeah. the stakes were – so I, I think that's partially something that works in his favor and the Bills' favor is this is the Chiefs' second playoff game this season. I know they have more playoff games than anyone in the last few years. I get that. But it's the Bills' eighth playoff game right now or something like that. Like, uh, it, it's been playoff mode for a while now. But I, I think what also helps with Joe Brady is the fact that these teams have played each other so much in recent years that the Bill, like, they know and, – and this is something that you've heard McDermott talk about this week and Mahomes and Allen and how they know each other so well. It's almost like playing a division opponent. And you always hear, like, weird things happen because those teams know each other so well. Well, the one variable here is the Bills have – you've played this guy once. Like, we've – the Bills have faced Andy Reid and his play callers numerous times already. So, I, I think that maybe the unknown edge a little bit just adds – a little unknown is always a good thing, I think, uh, when you're playing – talking about teams that know each other so well. Yeah, the Joe Brady factor of this game is really interesting because I still think – and. Listen, how much can you hold back when you're trying to play the way that they have all these win or the sky is falling games? But I do think there's things in this offense that they haven't deployed that we've, you know, we saw in training camp, we've seen in previous iterations of this offense with Brian Dable. Like Deontay Hardy has been this, this missing piece that. I still am confused as to why they haven't used him more because when they have, you see in short spurts what he did last week on that 30-yard, 34-yard uh, pass and catch. It wasn't even just like that he got open. Like he gets separation. That was one of the things that they were sold on when they signed him and they gave him that deal. But it's at his size, the ability to get run after the catch. I saw somebody egregiously compare it to like Tyreek Hill. Okay, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes <laughs> there, okay? But like – in terms of what that kind of dynamic skill set of getting open, offering a target, and then being able to, you know, create after the catch. I think Hardy gives you that. And do you see a potential role larger for him in this game? We don't know the status of Gabe Davis yet when we're recording this on Wednesday night, but it's looking not great again. Uh, who knows? Maybe he makes a late charge in the week and is able to play. But even if he does play, like I, I think there should be some sort of package for Hardy, who's coming off of 14 snaps last week, and it felt like the most he'd played all season. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of it, like you said, depends on Gabe Davis. Um, but I was a fan of the Hardy signing when they made it because he's never someone that's put up huge numbers, but on a per-route basis, he's one of the most efficient wide receivers in football. Um, and they're going to need – so when the – I was watching back today some of this game between the Bills and the Chiefs, and when they played last time, yes, they they still brought like blitz and brought pressure, but they were more and it was for them. They, that D line played extremely disciplined. They were not selling out to try to get Josh Allen. They were we are not letting Josh Allen beat us with our with their legs. And there was plays where like you're like, why is the D lineman just standing there? Why is he not rushing the because that's what they wanted. So Allen had plenty of time in the pocket and it was really what actually when he started scrambling that that's when they kind of came at him so if he has that time in the pocket again this time if it, it may, they could always switch things up but if they don't you're gonna need someone who could potentially get open downfield and i keep waiting for for alan and stefan Diggs to connect on one because every week they take that shot and it's like man Diggs is getting open downfield you just haven't hit and hopefully 
fingers crossed this is the week, but I think you need to have contingency plans because uh, the Chiefs have done an amazing job at, at limiting Stephon Diggs in the past. So whether that be Hardy, I think we're going to need to get some Kincaid downfield. I think get creative with James Cook as a receiver. But I do agree. I think uh, for that wide receiver two spot, if Gabe Davis is out, it should be all hands on deck. Uh, and you need speed, and, and Hardy is the one who brings that. And what about Khalil Shakir as well from that role? I mean, I think he has deceptive speed. I think it kind of flew under the radar how well he runs. And it seems like good things happen when when they connect too. So is this someone else that the Bills maybe need to try to factor into their game plan more against Kansas City? I know the the touchdown catch he had against Pittsburgh was just one of those almost one in a million plays, keeping his balance, uh, getting up. But he, he's been great for them the, the past few weeks. He's really emerged after a slow start to this season. Yeah, he has. And I you could think back to a number of big plays he's made. I was at the Bills Chargers game, uh, and he almost did what he did against uh, the Steelers in that one. His knee yeah. just was down when the defender touched him. So uh, I, I think he needs to be even bigger than Hardy. I think he needs to be a huge part of the game plan this week because uh, if you're going to be – if they're going to throw Sneed on Diggs and – Unless you move Diggs into the slot, I expect, which they do a, a good amount, but I expect Snead to be all over Stephon Diggs. Uh, Shakir is that guy when they're bringing, when they're blitzing and, and trying to create that pressure, he could get open very quick, and he has some of the surest hands in the NFL. And what I am most afraid of, and, and it could happen on either side, either going either way, is a ball bouncing off a receiver's hands leading to an interception. Because that is a type of play that could change the game. We know the Chiefs have had plenty of those go wrong for them this year. There was one almost the other day uh, when Allen threw it a little high to, to Johnson that hit off his hand. And I I, I was very panicked that that was going to go for an interception. Shakir has those sheer, sure hands. So I think he should, outside of maybe, we know Dig, uh, Cook in the run game, but outside of Diggs and Kincaid, I think he should be your third biggest focal point in the passing attack. How do you view Gabe Davis from a fantasy perspective, like knowing going into the offseason and knowing the potential options of like, OK, he could sign back with the Bills. He can go to a new team. Like what's a team where you maybe get a little bit more excited about him as a fantasy guy? And I I might be asking this because he's on my dynasty team. I'm not sure. But um, how do you view Gabe Davis now entering you know, free agency and coming off of a disappointing contract year. I think Gabe Davis is what Gabe Davis is at this point. Uh, I think he's better from a real life standpoint because he's such a good run blocker. And uh, even if he doesn't come down with those deep catches, some games, you at least need to prepare for that and, and have an answer there because you can't just let him run up the sideline for fantasy. He is the biggest headache you will ever have on your team because <laughs> nice. he's one of those guys, like you'll rank him wide receiver 30 at the start of the year. He'll finish wide receiver 30, but it's like wide receiver three on a week, then like 60, 60, 60, two. And it's just, it's a matter of, is he going to come down with one of those long catches or not? Uh, I, I have been kind of saying that I think the Bills have pegged Davison to be a wide receiver two, and I think he should be more of a wide receiver three. Um and I struggle to think where he could end up that helps his fantasy value, unless maybe he goes to Kansas City. I don't know, because where are you getting better quarterback play in a more explosive offense than you're getting, especially for his skill set, than you're getting with Josh Allen and the Bills? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, non-fantasy, another play you mentioned, you mentioned for a, a ball bouncing off of his hands. But Ty Johnson, it feels like Ty Johnson, the stat line's never 
inflated. It's never anything that you go back and say, look at the stat box or the box score and say, oh man, what a game. But it feels like the Bills did find this number two running back, potentially not just this year, but for the next few years if they if they re-sign him in the offseason that they can trust. Uh, you, you look at this last game against Pittsburgh, there's 450 left on the clock and they go to Ty Johnson. He picks up two first downs and uh, makes the Steelers burn their final two timeouts. The Bills actually take it all the way down to the two-minute warning. Is this just something where, you know, it goes back to the argument that, that running backs are kind of a dime a dozen? The Bills got this guy signed before their final preseason game. Or is this something where the Bills were kind of lucky to add someone with his skill set based on the injury he suffered this offseason that he was able to rehab and get himself ready uh, that time? You know, I know he's never going to be a fantasy factor, but based on what you've seen from him in his career, is this someone that the Bills could maybe depend on on a more long-term basis as a RB2? I think so in this role that they're using him in. I, I Look, Latavius Murray, kudos to you, good career, great pass blocker, all of that. I When I see him on the field, I'm like, they know what we're doing now. Uh, he's either pushing Josh Allen in the back or he's in, out there to pass block. Uh, I wish – that Johnson would take some of those snaps away as well to maybe kind of make it a little bit more unpredictable. But I, I think it's a little bit of each point from your question. I think that the Bills got lucky that that they found this guy, how they did, especially coming off the injury. But I also think running back, I, I'm not a our running backs don't matter kind of person. A lot of people push that narrative. I'm like, okay, yeah, running back don't matter. Tell that to Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry or, or those guys. Like a, a and the elite running back definitely matters, but I think when you get lower in the running back tier talent-wise, then it's more about fit in, in an offense and a scheme, and Ty Johnson has clearly been a good fit for this Bills offense. All right, you've been doing a lot of research on Bills Chiefs this week. You know, that anxious, that nervous energy that you've been trying to expand, expand uh, expend, excuse me. Uh, so what have you come up with? How do you see this thing going and – if you have a prediction, throw it out there. Give us the uh, the synopsis here. Uh, so I, I looked in the Bills. Uh, the Chiefs use a lot more man. Josh Allen has been awesome against man. Uh, the Bills against the Chiefs, they usually use more cover three than anything, but they use a lot of cover one. Uh, Mahomes has been pretty good against each of those. Allen has been better against zone coverage and man coverage as a whole this year, but the Chiefs use a whole bunch of cover four against Josh Allen, which is abnormal for them. And it worked. Like, he has struggled against that this year. He, I would argue, did not outperform Mahomes the last time they played. Um, so I, I think this is going to be a tough battle for both sides. I think it today, I know a lot of people are putting a negative spin on the Wednesday practice report. I think it was, all things considered, pretty good for the Bills because Rasul Douglas it keeps saying he is going to play. Um, Johnson was out there limited. Uh, you, you had Dotson out there limited. Those are three huge players for this defense. And I, I think McDermott deserves a lot of credit for the, how he, these linebackers, Milano goes down and then and Bernard steps up and then he goes down and AJ Klein leads them in tackles. Like it, it, it's been very impressive. And so I think the corners actually matter even more in, in this McDermott system with how much they ask those secondary guys to do. So uh, my question to you guys is do you it, more or less – points for the bills this week than josh allen's jersey number do you think they top 17 or they have 17 or less i think they top 17 against the chiefs to be quite honest again i think home field advantage is going to factor into this game we were talking about this on our 
uh, Wednesday night show. I think the team that can move the sticks, not shoot themselves in the foot is going to be in a better spot. And, you know, you have a chiefs team with Juwan Taylor who draws false starts uh, like candy and, and you have a loud crowd there and they can get, be get backed up. You, you flip the field in terms of the punting game, possibly in the bills offense, the way that we've been seeing them operate the way Josh Allen seems to play really well in the cold in these playoff games. Uh, I have them scoring more than 17 personally. Uh, I could see them, you know, holding, maintaining possession of the ball. One thing I need to see them do is change up their uh, fourth and inches play call a little bit. I think every team knows Allen's going to the left and he's jumping now. So maybe change that up and I'll really have some confidence here, but I I say over 17. What about you, Matt? Um, I also think it's interesting that like in that spot, depending on how you line up, like I would just run Allen out of pistol, like, or at least mix that in a little bit. Cause you can get going downhill and just, I mean, I, obviously their injury risk is a little bit more there as well, which they're trying to mitigate. But listen, it's January, and you got to kind of throw all that <laughs> stuff out. Um, here's the thing. I, I definitely think they, they score over 17 because if they don't, they're losing. Um, but I like a lot of what the vibe is around this game. Like, to me, it this feels a lot like 2021, like we talked about at the beginning, but also just like – the energy around this game, like Bills fans have been waiting for this. Like there's no way they don't show up in that stadium on Sunday and make it uncomfortable for Kansas City. And so just from that start, I think it gives the Bills a chance to get out and start quickly, which when they do that, we saw last week, even if they make a mistake here or there, even if they let a team kind of hang around and get back, it's so hard to take them over because Josh Allen is just going to probably make more plays later in the game. I mean, it, one possession could change things for either team, right? I don't like how much the chiefs have been turning the ball over this year. Um, I, I think that's a huge problem against a team that has been um, really good at taking the ball away. Uh, it, you know, fumbles, interceptions, Rasul Douglas to me is, is massive. He's the most important name. Well, let me say he's the most important name that didn't play last week. Uh, Taron Johnson to me is still the most number one, most important name on the injury report. Uh, but yeah, I think they, I think they find a way to score. James cook was really important in that first matchup against Kansas city. I think he can have an even bigger role this week. You just gotta, and maybe this is like the uh, redemption game for James cook when he makes a big play, tough catch and hauls it in. The, the reason I ask you guys that is because the Chiefs have won two games all year where they've allowed more than 17 points. And the last mm. one came in week five. And <laughs> as great as their defense is, and I'm not saying it's not, they have been much better. The run defense kind of plays the same home or road, but their pass defense has been significantly better at home than on the road. Mahomes and Kelsey's numbers better at home than on the road. Rasheed Rice, very even, which is great for a rookie. Um, but Isaiah Pacheco, I think, is is the the difference maker potentially for the Chiefs offense. He wasn't there last time. The Bills struggle against explosive running backs. But I agree with you guys. I think they're going to score over 17 points. I think uh, I think the defense finds a way to get a stop late in the game. And uh, I, I'm picking the Bills to win. But saying that, I'm still very nervous. <laughs> Understandably so, based on the past here and. You know, knowing that if the Bills can get over this hurdle, uh, it's almost not, it's almost like a mental thing, too, for the Bills. I think if they're able to defeat the Chiefs, a team that has tormented them in the playoffs in past years, uh, 
it'll let them play almost maybe a little bit freer in in the AFC championship game, whether it's against the Ravens or at home against the Texans. So it's, it's a very interesting dynamic. And if the bills are able to win this game to see how they come out the following week. Here's another question. Who wins on Saturday night and are the bills and chiefs playing for a home field AFC title game? It's definitely possible because CJ Stroud is amazing. And that's another reason why, like, hey, Bills, you got to strike now because, yeah, we, we worry about Mahomes and Burrow, but now we got CJ Stroud in the AFC, and the, the AFC's quarterbacks are just uh, insane. That being said, I'm picking the Ravens to win that game. I, I, I think their defense uh, is so good that it'll make life very t- and and CJ Stroud hasn't been the same on the road that he has been at home this year. So I think tough environment for a rookie. I think it'll be closer than some people may be anticipating, but I think because of their defense and and because Lamar uh, and what he can do with his legs specifically, I, I think that it'll be enough where it, the Bills and Chiefs are playing to see who goes to Baltimore next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how fast Baltimore starts. Like, that's such a tricky deal. Like, when you have the three weeks off like that, like, do you find a way to keep your guys ready to play? Are they sluggish at the start? Like, it felt like Houston was just this this train coming down the tracks on Cleveland, and they couldn't, like, catch their breath. And it, before you know it, knew it, like they were up a bunch of scores. And it's like, listen, I don't anticipate them going on the road and doing that against Baltimore, but it there for as much as the home, the number one seed and that, that buy is so important. It's also kind of like tricky because now you're talking about three weeks without playing. And I have question marks about Lamar in that. It still yeah. need to be answered in the playoffs. And so um, that's a defense too. We talk so much about CJ Stroud and some of those fun young players. Uh, you know, Tank Dell's not even there anymore, and he was like one of the most fun young players in the league this season. Their defense is legit, and you talk about pass rushers, they got some guys that one on one are going to give Baltimore fits. Yeah, I yeah, agree with no, that they- too. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I-, I completely agree. Like, D'Amico Ryan's has done an amazing job with that defense and uh, should be in the conversation for coach of the year, although it's probably the most stacked class for coach of the year ever. It absolutely is, but you're right. I mean, the way that the expectations for the Texans this year were nowhere close to uh, where we are now being a a final four team in the AFC. uh, I think that if they could even get to 500, a lot of fans would have been happy with that in in his rookie year, Stroud's rookie year and in D'Amico Ryan's first year coaching. But in, in that game itself, the way that they came out against Cleveland, who also had a, a lights-out defense this year, I'm certainly giving Houston a shot. Uh, the Lamar factor, that the fact that Harbaugh, once again, is going to the resting him the final week of the season, getting the bye week. I need to see how he comes out in this game because when that happened the last time they were the one seed, he was a little rusty uh, against the Titans. and I know he actually did finish with a pretty nice stat line, but two interceptions, a lost fumble. Uh, if it's deja vu all over again for him in this team, like Matt said, those questions about Lamar come playoff time are just going to get louder and louder. Also, you brought up MVP earlier in the show. I know it doesn't, but man, I do feel like playoffs should have some kind of impact on that vote because like, what does it matter what you did in the regular season? Like I, I have this conversation with people all the time. Of course you got to get to the playoffs. Like you got to get a good seed. 
You know, we watch the regular season. I get, I get the, the basis of the award, but people always overreact. Like people were just scared about the Miami Dolphins for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I said, listen, let's take a deep breath here. It's September. Okay. It's the Denver Broncos. Like we'll, we'll get to the end of the season. We'll recalibrate, see where we're at. And little do we know they couldn't score. They weren't the same offense in December and January. And, you know, we haven't even seen Baltimore play in January yet. And it's like, I just have a lot of question marks about that team. And I got to say though, my, my Super Bowl pick was bills versus Cowboys. So that's one half of that is already out. Disappointingly enough, my AFC title game prediction is looking pretty bad. Bills versus chargers, dude, <laughs> Brandon. We were Staley. lockstep. Oh, who'd you have in the NFC? Dallas and who? I had, I had, oh, 49ers. Yeah, me too. So we, we had the exact same Final Four. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, and and I coming into last week, I was like, I'm not – I was like, all right, maybe I would change the 49ers. I'm, if the Bills win this week, I keep telling my wife, I'm like, I think they're really going to – I don't want to say it, but, like, this is the hurdle, I think, because – easily regret saying this because the the Ravens are a different team and stuff, but the Bills have a history of success against that team. And Sean McDermott has a history of success against Lamar Jackson specifically. Uh, I know he's a different player now with different weapons and all of that, but it I feel a little bit better going into that matchup than this one, even though I will fully admit the Ravens are the better team than the Chiefs. It is a and, wild and dynamic. Fair. Yeah, it is. But like you said, I mean – a few years ago, again, in that playoff loss, they had the Titans. The Titans credited the Bills with the blueprint for slowing down Lamar Jackson and what the Bills did in that game. And they're, you know, they're so good at holding the edge and making sure he doesn't take off. And you're right. His weapons are night and day better this year than they ever were before this. Uh, but it's a dynamic where Sean McDermott really does seem to rise to the occasion against some of these offenses where uh, that strike fear in you for a variety of reasons. So, Michael, if they do do what we're not going to talk about and they win a couple <laughs> games here, I expect that I will see you in Las Vegas because it's just a quick ju- quick jaunt, right? You're going to be down there for yeah, the Super Bowl. So, uh, I'm hopeful, ho- very hopeful. Uh, I'm probably going to have to do whatever I can to get down there. I was look- – the other Sunday night, I was looking up plane tickets and hotels and game tickets for the Bills this weekend, but then you guys had to get another six feet of snow or whatever it is. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't. I can't risk getting stranded or whatever, but I, re- I this was the game I really wanted to go to. I think yeah, it'll I'm be clear by this weekend. I think you'd be okay if you want to reevaluate. Yeah, the snow is going to be done by Friday. I hear. Maybe but you guys never. I mean, you guys. I hear all. I hear is that you never know with this. I've never You're been right. to Buffalo in the winter, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, I maybe I'll have to reevaluate tonight and check it out. See how it's looking. This was absolutely awesome. Uh, you can find him on X Twitter. Uh, I'm sure um, tweeting tweeting through it uh, on Sunday. Uh, Michael F. Florio uh, over there. You can also find him on Instagram. His handle uh, is the same as well. Michael, thank you so much, man. This was a this was a riot. Thank you for having me, and go Bills.